We discuss the status and working conditions of education support personnel and their contribution to quality education. Uh, my name is Ashanti Rankin. I'm from NEA, USA. I work in this, um, New Jersey. I'm a behavioral disorder um, paraprofessional. Hi, good morning. Uh, my name is Hashim Wilson. I'm from uh, the National Education Association in America, and I actually work at Youngstown State University and I work in the role as an educational support professional in information technology. Really diverse roles, yeah. but that's how we see that ESPs have diverse roles and that all equality is so important to quality education. Why do you think it's so important to organize ESPs? I think it's essential to organize ESPs because if you're talking about coalition building, you need to coalition build with yourself first. Because everyone who's in the school needs to be working as a hand does. Whether, the, you know, if you use it as a metaphor, as the pinky, thumb, and other four fingers, you know, you need all of it to really um, create um, political action, um, social action, but making sure you ensure the um, prosperity of your children or your students and to make sure they progress. But because if you bring up the students, you also bring up the community. And um, organizing ESPs is essential because, one, because I tell you from my perspective, in our state, um, the more effort you put into our ESPs, because a lot of them live within the district or jurisdiction of the school or the institution, and we know people within the communities. We are in communities. We're coaches, we're pastors, we're other essential people in the community. We're just not essential in the school, we're essential in the community. And sometimes in US, um, teachers may come from further away. They may not have the community ties that um, educational support professionals have. So when it comes to actions, whether it's political, whether it's um, social justice or it's anything else. Um, I vote in the district where I live and that makes a difference because when I say something and because I lived in the town it makes a difference and that's why you have to call it ended up is coalition building needs to start in the house in-house first you have to look in the mirror and make sure everything is okay in your union and coalition build within your union and use their frame of reference or their political and social ties. One of the big things that we've done as the National Education Association was to establish the respect for educational support professionals and we've actually had a campaign where we call Respect ESP. And the value in that and the necessity to organize is because it helps the members know their value and know their worth. And therefore, the things we advocate for are actually having good working conditions, uh, living wages, a fair uh, working wage for our members. Because when you look at the opportunities for people to be outsourced, the first ones they want to outsource are the 
educational support professionals. So we see it as the value as not only is the members knowing who they are, but also the role in which we play in relations to helping deliver quality education to the children in whom we service. So whether that's children in K-12 or even uh, the young adults in higher education. Because the truth of the matter is that without the support staff, the quality education experience would be minimized. And just like our bus drivers, they're the first ones the kids see every day and the last ones they see when they come home. And there's things in which they do to engage with them to make their experience easier as children. You're both very much involved in your communities, as you said. But the thing is, as we had a study saying, ESP are still invisible uh, in education communities themselves. Why is that? So basically, seeing it, it the, from K-12 and higher ed, it, it, people tend to group education and they think about the classroom experience. And so the issue, though, in the higher ed piece is that even when we go to collective bargain, they bargain with their faculty traditionally first, and then educational support professionals, we kind of get what's left over. And the unfortunate part is that even when the community thinks of higher education, they think of the professors, but they don't think of the support staff. And I think the reason why we get looked over is because people don't think about all the pieces that go into delivering education to that child. So whether if it's the enrollment piece, the recruiting piece, the academic advising piece, uh, mental health services, all those things help the educational experience for our, our college students. Is, is the same in lower educational level? Y- yes, and one of the things that we've been working on in NEA is called Educator's Voice. Educator's Voice is a dynamic, um, tool. This also works a lot with coalition building and also making sure that we speak up for ourselves. It's because we're only invisible because people don't know what we do exactly. Our students know what we do. And, and when I go into the stores, they always like, Mr. Rankin, Mr. Rankin, my teacher. You know, even though I am a paraprofessional, they look at me as a teacher because um, when you have a cafeteria worker or a bus driver or other essential um, roles, their role is so essential that you don't always pay attention to it. But if that bus don't come, that could change the whole day for the whole school. And that's also where the union comes in to make sure they create the framework of that there's a, uh, an assertive effort to make sure that you're um, known. Because sometimes um, in the papers, they say teachers union meeting. I mean, I'm talking from the United States perspective. It's because we have teachers and we also have education support professionals. A lot of times they say the teachers union said this. That's where the wording comes in when you say educator. When you say educator, you gotta be, it's inclusive. Um, And where the union comes in is they, they have to create that framework and that environment of inclusivity. And also, like for instance, um, professional development is the big key. Professional development, we just started um, the continuum for ESPs. And you have to take it from being just a job. That's where the continuum came, is that it's a career. And when you go from things being a job to a career, that's where the explosion and the, um, 
the better you feel better about yourself. You feel better about your job. I know my job when I first started, I didn't think I could do anything because they said it was a teacher's union. And I was like, I can't do nothing in the union. But then I seen great advocates for our students, like Hashin and many others. Um, there's one in New Jersey named Kim Scott Hayden. She um, did a professional development for her local. She got a grant from NEA. That's where I'm saying you have to create the framework. It's called Great Public Schools Grant. And basically with that grant, she did professional development for ESPs. And her local, once she did that, other people who weren't in her union wanted the same um, professional development. And her union grew almost four times bigger. It exploded within um, two months um, because of the professional development. That's where the key is, is that there has to be inclusivity and there has to be um, publication. We have to be seen. We have to be in um, conversations. We have to be in the forefront. Is because if you want um, movement or a difference of education, we are that difference. So inclusivity is so important for quality education. So everybody who's on board should be taken into account and just be a part of the bigger quality system. And there was an ESP one table, and, and my question that would be that it was already mentioned, but maybe you can expand on that. Uh, a key issue was um, outsourcing, I guess, going towards privatization. And um, how do you think we can tackle this threat? So I, the way that we tackle this threat, I believe, is, of course, organizing. Uh, we say organizing, organizing, organizing. And to the point, as Ashanti had mentioned, in 2015, uh, NEA, at a representative assembly, the, the, there was a, a new business item that came forth. And that new business item was saying, hey, we want professional development for our ESP members. So in that, it took us a, a year's process in relations to developing, and, and it was a significant investment to develop this tool we call the professional growth continuum, and we call it short PGC. Now what that tool is, is that we use that tool, as Ashanti was mentioning, like uh, to not only raise the value or a, a toolkit to educate and move our ESP members through a continuum of progression from a foundational level to a proficient level and those sorts of things so they can say, hey, this is the value and they get micro-credentials, which is an educational piece that says, hey, we are valuable. So these are so that type of tool would allow our members to help against being outsourced because you, they can talk about the value that they're actually giving to the schools and to our children. And the other part is, is that being vocal about it and taking the time to really have a campaign that says, that advocates for who we are in our communities, in our schools, because the truth in the matter is when it comes to privatization versus people working at the, uh, at the actual schools, there's a lack of quality that happens because it's the relationships that really help develop these students. And privatization doesn't work. Oftentimes people come and they say, hey, they'll, they'll sell this bill and say, well, we'll give you a great uh, deal in this regards, but then they don't deliver on their promise. But the, the other part is, is that now, instead of, it's a race to the bottom, instead of all the time rising together. And 
I think if we do those things in relation to using tools like the professional growth continuum, if we advocate in relations to publicizing who we are and um, organizing. If you want to be proud of being an ESP, it's also through your career, your professional development, say, hey, I'm a professional. To come back to that, um, back in the 60s, I believe, it was a campaign with the garbage workers. It was called Garbage Workers. And they had to um, put the human aspect into it. They were getting paid low wages, but they said uh, they wore, wore, wore shirts called, Am I a Man? And that's something that's being um, really taken out of a lot of things. It's because there's many good things of capitalism. But capitalism likes things more robotic. And the human capital of what we do and how much we do is not um, quantifiable. You know, there's so many things that we bring. I can drive a bus. I'm working on flying a plane. I, and I've been in different industries. And I bring that aspect to the class. And I think the biggest thing about privatization is the human aspect. Like I said, am I a man? I am. And we're, you can't dehumanize education. Education is a social, for the most part, a social experiment. But sometimes when you change too many variables, it, it goes awry. If we want these students to be more um, creative, more empathetic, you need more people like me, more people like Hashim, you know, more people who care. And this job isn't for the money. This job is because I love what I do. And if you want people who to love what they do, you need to allow them to put strong roots in and long roots in so they can be there for the long haul. And the, I think, like I said, privatization comes because there's a dehumanizing of the industry. And they see the money rather than see the value. My last question is about the Congress and a resolution on ESP was adopted. According to you, what's the meaning of the adoption by a World Congress of this resolution on ESP? Oh, I'm immensely excited about that. <laughs> because, and, and I'll tell you, uh, when in, at the National Education Association, and when we've been raising the voice and of the ESP members, uh, things, simple things as far as changing the word for teacher to educator to be inclusive. And also, I always say that wherever you invest your money at is where you value. And so therefore, that investment that we've done at NEA, I see that on a much larger scale here at the World Congress, because the World Congress is saying, hey, our ESP members are a significant and important role in which they play in our educational system. And I was very pleased to have their resolution passed that says not only are they important, but we want to invest in our ESP members to let them know that they're important. And I think that, again, is showing the value from the perspective of the World Congress to invest in ESP members and make us a part or help us feel a part of the Congress and in the world, the impact we have in the world. And I feel the same way. Um, the resolutions are our priorities, priorities, and they're our beliefs, you know. And if that is the, if when it was passed, I see that I was part of the, my position, our position is part of the priorities of um, EI. 
And that just made me feel better about the whole concept of just being an education, that I'm, it's just one more acceptance. It's because sometimes being in this job, you, you deal with a lot of different things, a lot of great things, but it's not easy. But when you're accepted by your colleagues and your colleagues are um, fighting for you, because there's, there's some great and robust conversations about our position. Anytime we could be put into the front, it's a great time. And, and one other thing I just want to add, in NEA, something that we did is that when we, when we uh, developed the professional growth continuum, at the same, simultaneously, we were developing a curriculum for teachers called the Great Teacher Program, Great Teacher Learning. And we co-branded that, in a sense, introducing it to the community to where we had a form to where we introduced it and we invited people. And I, myself, spoke as a panelist, and then we had other teachers who spoke as a panelist. So we did it collectively so the community could see that we are together as far as showing value for the educational support professionals. And I think the World Congress taking it to that level would definitely help. Uh, and that's what they're doing, the stepping in that direction to show that ESP members matter uh, equally to the educational system. One thing, because you can't, you can't spell respect without ESP. That's one of the things that we branded in NEA. You can't spell respect without ESP. And if you're looking for respect for education, ESP has to be there along with the teachers. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Thank you. To get the latest global news and advocacy on education, subscribe to Advoices on your favorite podcast app or anytime on SoundCloud. And as always, tell a friend, spread the word, and please give us a review on iTunes. Uh -huh.